Blog Talk Radio.
thanks to those who are working on the first front lines of COVID-19, giving the, giving the shots, helping people uh, get through this pandemic. We appreciate everything every one of you have done. Ladies and gentlemen, when, when you're out there and you see somebody in uniform, please uh, give them respect that they deserve. Um, we lost another brother um, on Tuesday. He was sitting in the, his patrol car um, at a stoplight. A guy walked up and uh, put uh, two, uh, three shots in the back of his head. Um, so, uh, Lieutenant Mike Burrow, um, St. Louis Police Department, uh, we spent we dedicate this show to you. Well, guys, it, um, Bob, you want to uh, want to start and tell us about uh, your uh, afternoon? Oh yeah, man! Uh, Join the uh, California San Diego weather. Uh, me and the wife are now the intermediate sailing class, and uh, we had the twenty-two footer out Wednesday, and uh, uh, and we're cruising around. And I saw what I, I'm guessing probably somewhere between two and four hundred pound sunfish floating. It was, it was it was amazing. I've never seen one in real life. Uh, it looks like a big ass flounder, uh, only one eye, real creepy looking thing. I thought it was trash. I was gonna, you know, I, I jumped up, got the gaff hook. I was gonna get the trash out of the out of the water. And as we were practicing, uh, you know, man overboard. So then we just used the sunfish as our man overboard and kept coming back to him and trying to get video and pictures. You know, <laughs> it was fantastic. You know, awesome. That's great. That is great. That is awesome. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's get into the meat of, of the, tonight's program. Yeah, and then they told uh, me we were going to finish early so I could make the call. So that was even a bonus, you know. I thought I was yeah. going to be sailing. Thank you, guys. <laughs> uh, Ty, what do you think about Billy Joe Saunders uh, versus uh, Canelo Alvarez coming up on the 8th of uh, May? Uh, I mean, it, it, it's a tremendous fight. I don't know if it's going to get – um, a lot of, uh, you know, the type of Billy Joe Saunders doesn't get the type of respect in the States that he truly deserves. Um, part of it is a lot of it is, is because he tends to perform below expectations. Um, you know, the best performance we've seen Billy Joe Saunders was against David Lemieux. And that's the best Billy Joe Saunders we've seen. That Billy Joe Saunders is a very, very tricky, difficult out. However, that Billy Joe Saunders still doesn't beat this current incarnation of Saul Canelo Alvarez. But he is the type of guy who can give him fits over the course of uh, a few rounds, definitely. So it's a very interesting fight. Very should be very entertaining. Um, and uh, looking forward to it. Okay. You guys were joined with, uh, by Matthew uh, from the uh, up in the uh, Boston area, the Cape Cod area. Uh, Matthew, what's your thoughts on that one? Yes, I think that uh, I predict predict Canelo Alvarez to beat uh, Billy Joe Saunders. I think Saunders is good, but Saunders only has 14 knockouts and 30 wins. Right now, Billy, Sa- Billy Joe Saunders has 30 wins, zero losses with 14 KOs. And I just don't think he has a type of power. He's not going to stop Alvarez. So I, th- I suspect Alvarez should win on points. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, um, Bob? I know that there's you're waiting in the wings and and uh, ready for the big one. Uh, which one do you want to talk about first, Amanda Nunes or uh, Adesanya? Um, well, let's just talk about the, let's just start from the bottom. The whole card. I mean, you know, they, they yeah uh, they're already Back. Back. five fights in. You know, five fights in, 
and and uh, you know they they've got tons in this whole lineup tonight. I mean, you guys, you, you got guys like Dominic Cruz. Dominic Cruz is a headliner. You know, I mean that we used to pay yeah. money to see him at the at the top, and he you know he's on the preliminary card, so definitely on the chopping block. I mean, uh, Joseph Benavides, you know, same thing, probably on the chopping block. If these guys don't win, I think they're gone. Uh, uh, we were just talking off show that. But he, he just cut Junior DeSantos and uh, uh, Overeem. Oh. You know? so, um, so both those guys are gone. So tonight's a, 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 a killer lineup of, uh, of has-beens uh, versus the up-and-comers, and everyone's really fighting for their job tonight. So um, having said all that, then, yeah, I mean, you got three main events. Uh, started at the Bantamweight, Peter Yan versus uh, – I can't say his name. Algermain Sterling. Algermain Sto- Sterling. Uh, there we go. Thanks, Ty. I always, I always need you. And then, uh, but yeah, <laughs> so right, right before that, you know, I wonder uh, Drew Dober. And I know that guy from Colorado. I know his coach yeah. very well. Thiago Santos uh, on, you know, on the undercard. Um, working up to three title fights or uh, title fights. So Peter Yan against uh, him, and that'll be great. And then. Uh, I'm I'm big on the Amanda Nunes train, man. She is she is a beast. Uh, what she did to Cyborg and Cyborg's face, it couldn't got worse. But um, you know, uh, yeah. So this Megan Anderson, she's up and coming. She's looking good, eleven and four, going against she's Nunes though. Nunes, she's a big girl. Nunes too. a beast. Yeah. She so, had the shoulders over Nunes. Yeah. Yeah, she's a girl. She she's a, she's yeah. going to be the rangiest, tallest opponent Nunes has faced. She's a big girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, but even hey, Nunes, I, like when uh, uh, Cyborg had a bit of a, you know, not not too much height advantage, but you know, right. uh, Nunes was just slipping that jab and throwing that overhand right bomb, boom, boom, you know, um, mm-hmm. spreading that nose out, giving uh, Cyborg a Roman nose that roams all over her face. So, wow. uh, that'll be wow. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Chris would have loved that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I tell people I got. I go in for nose surgery like two weeks. Again, you know, they're tired of seeing me. It just roams all over my face. Wow. What do you think, Ty? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm really, really looking forward to tonight's card. Uh, I think the Algermain Sterling, Peter Yan fight could be a sleeper tonight uh, because everyone is really so focused on the headline. But that's a 50-50 fight. Um, I'm really looking forward to the Jan Blakovich uh, Adesanya. I think it's a very threatening fight for Adesanya. I think um, he has, a, you know, obviously the guy has a tremendous skill set. But although Jan Blakovich is sort of a plotter, he, he's really good at throwing in multiples and knowing how to finish with a kick. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I've watched Adesanya not only in the UFC, but I've watched him throughout his kickboxing career. And he's vulnerable to certain things. Um, so it's going to be a very interesting fight. Obviously, the odds lean with Adesanya, and it'd be hard not to favor him. Uh, with that being said, I do think Jan Blakovich is going to surprise some people, and I think he's going to, I think he's going to finish Israel tonight. I really do. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Israel won, obviously, but I, I'm actually picking the upset in that fight. Um, I don't mm-hmm. expect Megan Anderson to do too much against Chris Cyborg. She was a girl who was grounded. Uh, in wrestling, by of all people, um, what's her name? Uh, Chrissy, uh, the the boxer, the boxer who knocked Rosie out. Oh, what's her uh, name? Uh, 
Holly Holm. Yeah, Holly Holm out-wrestled Megan Anderson to beat her. And, and if Holly Holm can out-wrestle you, then Nunez could take you down and either ground to pound you or submit you. So I, I do see that being Nunez's uh, avenue for victory. The Peter Yan, um, Al- Alhamain Sterling fight, I really don't know how that's going to go. Uh, Aljamain could get a maybe a submission pretty quickly because he has those skills. He's probably going to be the best wrestler to a certain extent that Peter Yan has faced. But at the same time, man, Yan is a, you know, he has that a very technical Muay Thai style. And he's, you know, he, his pressure just builds over the course of rounds. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy watching this guy. And, this, you know, he's developed a very strong anti-wrestling kind of base as well. So, uh Man, that's that's going to be a tremendous fight. And like you said, we also have Drew Dober going against Islam Makayev, who was cornered by uh, Habib Nurmagomedov. He's actually one of his best friends. So uh, mm-hmm. it's a really entertaining card tonight, really entertaining card. Looking forward to it. Yeah, Dober's got his hands full of Makachev. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, guys, we're, we're joined by the uh, ever-loving and always illustrious uh, um, Mr. Zito. My How God. you doing, buddy? <laughs> hey guys, um, I'm struggling, and I'm I'm very sorry I'm late. It's just a little problem with my phone. No problem, no problem. We try to I try to call you uh, to see if I can help out, but uh, it just rang rang through. So uh, we're glad you're here. Um, Matthew, what do you yeah, what do you probably. think about tonight's card on the uh, MMA? Well, as you said earlier, I think. Um, I think that Israel Adesanya is a real talent. He's currently undefeated. He's, he has an undefeated record. While his opponent, John uh, Blankowicz, he has eight losses. So, I mean, Israel should be able to win this fight. He's only been stopped two times, uh, Jan Blankovic. Is that, is that his name, Blanko, Blankowicz? Blankovic. Yes, it's Blankovic, yeah. But it's, it's yeah. hard to pronounce, right? Yeah, Israel at Israel at Adesanya is really a talented fighter. He's undefeated. He has uh, 20 wins and zero losses. So I think that should be a pretty clear cut for him. If I had to gamble, I just think he should be able to win. You think you don't think, think Matthew? You don't think he's going to have a problem absorbing um, absorbing the power of the bigger man? Well, with the eight losses, I think he's right now he's in great shape. I, I, if I had to gamble on it, I, I think that Israel would win. But as you said, when people move up or fight in the wrong weight class, that could always be a problem. Sorry, I'm not 100% sure, but any time a person moves up in weight. And I'd like to say again, my name is Matthew O'Neill, and I'm the number one ranked editor for Everpedia.org. I usually just cover boxing for the website. I write original articles for MTG oh, awesome. Global and Don King Promotions. I did previously host the Everpedia boxing show last year. I canceled the show. I competed as an athlete back in the 90s. I beat Preston mm. Hardsog when he was in the U.S. Army world-class athlete program at super heavyweight. That was my best amateur boxing win. And I kind of got re-motivated to talk about boxing after I watched the Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather Jr. fight, where Conor made one of the largest paydays in the history of boxing with never having a noteworthy amateur win. So after yeah. I disclosed how much money he made and everything, I just really got back into it. And I, my boxing career, Matthew O'Neill, I've been covered by the United Kingdom-based company Into Boxing and also author John J. Responte of California. He authored Intimate Warfare, 
back in 2017. That book is about Arturo Gatti and Mickey Ward. Oh, wow. Okay. I, so, yeah, I usually cover the sport of boxing. I, I'm not that involved with the UFC. But as far as fighting is concerned, it's hard, it's hard to beat that undefeated fighter. When a guy is undefeated, he doesn't, he doesn't know how to lose. He hasn't, he, right. he hasn't experienced that yet. And so the Israel Adesanya individual, he's in his early 30s. He's not middle-aged yet. He's still young enough. And he's right now. Yeah, so it's going to be tough to beat him. It's always tough to beat undefeated fighters. Real quick, Matthew, and, and to the rest of the panel, for all those that said nothing good came of Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor, well, it brought Matthew back to the sport of boxing. So there, there you, you go. go. Right. There you go. All right, all right. <laughs> Matthew, all right, we'll start out with you with this next one. Uh, uh, the next uh, fight for Andy Ruiz is going to be uh, Anthony Joshua. Uh, how do you see that come out? Oh, Andy Ruiz versus Anthony Joshua. Um, are, they, what, are, they, are they going to fight again? Yes. Okay, yeah, I think that Joshua should be able to beat him again because um, mm-hmm. I like Ruiz, but since he showed up out of shape, I just don't think – I think that Joshua took him lightly in the first fight. He was a little bit heavy. And so but if, if Joshua comes in shape and comes in the right weight, he should be able to just outpoint Ruiz again. I really just think that Ruiz got lucky when he beat Anthony Joshua. He just got caught in an exchange of punches. And I, he definitely he mistimed him. Joshua weighed too much for the first Ruiz fight. And when Ruiz came in out of shape for the second fight, Ruiz weighed 280 pounds and was way out of shape when they had the rematch. Mm-hmm. I just don't think he's just doing it to get paid. I don't think he, his heart is in the sport. So it should be an easy win for Joshua. All right. Well, let's go to our technical oh, expert, uh, Z. Yeah. Uh, hello? Can, y'all can hear me, yeah, right? Yeah. All right, I want to make sure. My phone is doing funny things right now. Um, uh, really, uh, I've been, it's been coming in and out, and I only really kind of heard the uh, Israel Anasana, and uh, I don't want to pronounce his name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's called the, the, yeah, the, the question but, now hey, is, hey, is hey, Andrew Weiss hey, 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 and, and, and Anthony Joshua. Hey, Butch, I think you have your uh, – you, you may have your wires a little crossed wrong on that. Andy Ruiz is actually uh, preparing to fight Chris Ariola, and um, Anthony Joshua Tyson Fury is getting closer and closer to being signed. Okay. So Ruiz's next fight appears to be against Chris Ariola, actually. Okay. All right, let's go back on that uh, one. Uh, Zeke? Uh, all right. Um, well, well, with Andy Ruiz and Chris Ariola, um, Andy Ruiz is, to me, what Chris Ariola kind of should have been, to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. And, and Chris Ariola, he's a he's a guy who's tough, but that can't be your only uh, claim to fame. He's going to come forward. He's going to fight, but he's not. I mean, he's learned some technical, some technicalities, but he's not learning enough to to where. You know how are we going to say fighters are creature of habit, and you can't be too much a creature of habit, or you're going to fall into your own bad habits. Um, Andy Ruiz is a guy who's sharp, who's very, very Olympically skilled, and 
I mean, he he's a guy who is pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Both guys are going to move forward, and the sharper guy. When you move forward, usually the sharper guy who I mean, they're both just as hard to men. Mm-hmm. So the sharper guy is going to win. Um, I want to kind okay. of backtrack to um, well, well, we'll go with Anthony Joshua and Tyson. Well, I want to kind of hurry up and take that last. Um, but with Israel and Asanya and Coach, um, one thing is this: speed kills. Speed kills, especially against a guy who doesn't rush in. And I mean, you know, Israel has to be careful. Israel definitely, to me, has to be careful more or less of the strikes. Mm-hmm. You have a guy. I mean, I, I, forgive me. I really keep forgetting his name, and I don't want to be, you know, disrespectful. Yeah, Jan Blahovic. Jan Blahovic. Vahovic. Okay. Yeah. All right. He, you know, he. Not the biggest guy who's going to rush in to grapple, and if he did, because his feet aren't like that, his feet are steady plotting. Israel has to be careful in exchanges. Outside of that, yeah, you know, he, Israel has foot, the footwork and on the break, and, and, and I think he also has to be very careful off the clinch break. Remember, that's how Rockhold's jaw got broken by by Jan Blahovich. Got to be careful True. off the clinch break with that guy. True, but Israel has to get in a clinch when he and I think Israel is slick and fast enough to where he's not going to be in many clinch situations with him. Um he he's gonna have a problem when they do get close because that's that's how fights naturally go. I just think travel traversing that distance is gonna be a problem with a guy who, you know, has been said, you know, well, I caught the words of it, who's lost eight times and who's been you know, who's been down. Israel is an explosive force to where you don't want to keep letting him explode. Now, right. I agree. This, is some, yeah, this is some things up now with Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury. Uh, I have two words. No contact. That's it. Okay. Real quick with, with a, 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 a Bob, and I think you know this too, Bob. Uh, I think what's of particular interest tonight in the main event between Israel and Adesanya and and Jan Blahovic is that they're fighting in Las Vegas at the Apex, which is the smaller octagon. Yeah. Remember that's mm. not yeah. So so you know it it does allow the you know it allow, again it makes it a little tighter in there. So um, not that I purposely think that 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 is going to play a benefit in tonight's fight, but that obviously favors the plotter trying to get close if he has less. Base to track his prey. The reason why I predict Blakovich to win is because I think right now he uh, is fighting with tremendous confidence. You know what? You're right. Speed kills, but timing beats speed. And what sure. I've been noticing about Blakovich in the fights that he's been able to win, a lot of times where he was, you know, the, the, the last three or four fights he, he's won, he's been the underdog. And he's he's been a slower guy, you know, every time, except for when he fought Glover Teixeira. He was slower against Rockhold. He was slower, much slower against uh, Dominic uh, uh, Reyes. But yet he always finds a way to time a kill shot. And uh, what I love, and, and, you know, Bob particularly, you, something I love that he's doing is he, he's 
starting this combination, um, a lot of times that combination is ending with a right to the head and a left kick to the body, particularly on a southpaw. So, you know, I, again, if I had to bet money, I would bet on Jan Blachowicz because he's the dog and you win more money betting on a dog, and I think he's live. Um, I, Israel should be the favorite because, you know, kind of like Matthew's saying, he's an undefeated fighter and he's fighting with all, all-time confidence. But I smell something you guys may not smell, and that's called an upset. <laughs> what, what, what I will say is that it, um, it scares me as far as Israel is to scare him the way Lovitz beat uh, Reyes. The way he beat Reyes is, it can be Israel's downfall. The only thing is, the way Israel beat Reyes, I think, is a slow guy coming to Israel. Israel, he has a puncher shot. With, with in, 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 in MMA, that that is, you know, it's kind of could be an easy home run if you see it and you can connect with it. Israel's a guy who pulls with his head back. He does a lot of wrong things, especially in his striking game. Um, but his talent, he's all around. Like his legs are talented. His fist attack, uh, his defense, although reactionary, it works for him. A, a slow plotting guy, to me, the Hovind is going to have to come outside of his box and kind of try to crowd Israel. And I don't, you know, with with him, I don't think you know coming outside of his box is going to really be beneficial. I mean, I can, I'm, I, but he, Israel's moving up and wait, I definitely could be proven wrong. Well, yeah, too, well I smell upset. <laughs> I, 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 I smell upset, but it seems like they'll be serving crow. It's just a matter of who's going to eat it. <laughs> Somebody's going to eat it. One of the fighters, at least. Not me. <laughs> hey, Bob. Bob. Um, yep. I got a question for you. Um, there's a, uh, you know, there's a another out clause coming. Uh, we had uh, Junior Santos uh, had had to make an exit from um, Mr. Dana White, uh, uh, and there, who was the other one? Uh, Alistair uh, Overeen. Uh, both got. Uh, what's your thoughts on that one? Um, I it it. it sad to see him go, you know, but like Dana, we knew this, we were talking about it before Christmas, mm-hmm. you know, he was planning by the end of the year to go at 60 go and, you know, I, he mm-hmm. never hit his 60 mark that we knew about, um, so I think mm-hmm. that they're just kind of part of that, you know, 60 that you know, um, you know, the, the guys were, you know, stars in their time, but again, when, when you start pushing 35 and, and close to 40, and you're 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 not pulling the W's. There's just so many people out there now. They got to make room for. So, um, I would really like to see them. You know, if they retired to take uh, Cormier's spot as uh, as the announcer, because I'm tired of listening to him. You know, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, Overeem was cool. Uh, they were both and Junior Santos. You know, uh, I was a big fan of his for a long time. You know, so mm-hmm. it's just yeah, it's just getting older, man. You can't keep up anymore. You you know, I, I came uh-huh. out retirement at thirty nine, did a fight thirty nine, forty and forty one, didn't didn't win one of the three and, and I'm like, Well, that was just the dumbest stuff ever 
you know. I can't keep up with the kids, you know. And so you, that, that's all there is to it. They've got so many people, uh, in, in, and plus the women's division is doing so well. They've got to make room on the roster to get people for play time. Yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's, uh, Matthew, uh, let's try it. Uh, we're going to test your uh, boxing skills again. Uh, Javante Davis uh, against uh, uh, Mario Burris um, is coming up this summer. Uh, what's your thoughts on Tank Davis? Well, Tank Davis is really being pumped up by Mayweather Promotions. Floyd Mayweather Jr., he's actively involved. And they even fly on the same chartered aircrafts together. So Mayweather has really taken Davis under his wing. So we know for a fact that Davis will be properly prepared, that he's going to have the right sparring and time to train properly. And properly prepared, he's very tough to beat. Also, Davis is, is, is a – he actually was a foster kid. He did, not, he did not have parents as part of his development. So he, he's from the streets of Baltimore, and he, he definitely is motivated to compete every single time. So uh, against any fighter, he's going to be very tough to beat. He's 24 wins sure. and zero losses. He has 23 mm-hmm. knockouts. In his last match against Leo Santa Cruz, he scored a vicious, mm-hmm. vicious knockout. So this guy, mm-hmm. he has great boxing skills, but he also has a lot of power too. And mm-hmm. so he, you know, his power sets him apart for a lightweight. He's a, he's a lightweight. He weighs 135 pounds, and for a 135-pound man. He scored 23 knockouts in 24 fights. That's a great accomplishment for a lightweight fighter. He's also the WBA regular champion, WBA lightweight champion since 2019, and WBA super featherweight champion since October 2020. So he's also held held three world championship belts in his career. And for a person that's only right now, he's 26 years old. He's accomplished so much. And if things keep going, I mean, he could be an all-time great. So I, I really think much of him as a boxer. I studied boxing. He has tremendous, tremendous skills. So against any fighter, he's going to be tough. And if you have Mayweather behind you, mm-hmm. <laughs> with Floyd Mayweather's stamp of approval, he's always going to get the best training and facilities and preparation. And it's, it's going to be tough for anybody to beat him over the next couple of years. The only thing that's going to beat him, I think, is father time. Okay, Z, you're the technician. Um, Javante Davis is 135 pounds, and he hits like he's close to 140. I'm going to be honest about that. He has pretty good speed. Um, He has weaknesses. He has some major weaknesses that I don't know if he's going to beat the top class of those type of guys. Mm-hmm. Um. First of all, Javante Davis is five foot, what, five? Mm-hmm. And when you're going against guys like Jeff Fimo Lopez, who's what, maybe he's over 5'8", or over 5'7", at least. Ryan Garcia, who's 5'10", and even uh, Haney, who's what, like 5'7". They're all taller than him. And I'm just talking about the top class of guys. We have other guys, right. rugged guys, seasoned guys, who's also in the 130, 135-pound division. Um, also, Tank Davis, Javante Davis, as talented as he is, and this is something I tell my fighters, your fists can do anything they want, but if your feet can't get them to do, you know, to that position, then your fists mean nothing. You're just firing in the air. Javante Davis, he 
it's very good when you're in position for him to punch you. But his feet are slow. His feet are very measured. I'm not going to say slow. It doesn't mean you know, that that doesn't really do him credit. His feet are very measured, so he's going to come with you in increments and try to trap, try to have you almost engage him. He is a pretty good counterpuncher, but not an astute counterpuncher to where he's going to dominate you with that. Um, you have to watch for his power, and you have to watch for him getting a bead on you because he'll set you up for a bead and get to your body, get to your, get to where he needs to go to lay his damage. Um, tonight, I don't know what Burroughs is, but to be honest, I don't know what Burroughs is about, but um, if he has a good game plan and maybe good physical, you know, advantages over Davis, then it could be interesting. And again, he needs to take a shot. Because Davis, he, he knows how to get his shots off. So he, the guy has to be smart too. But as far as that goes, I mean, I, I favor Davis right now until they put him up against the major competition because that's how boxing goes right now. They're not going to match him up hard until it's time, you know, for the big money. Mm-hmm. All right, let me let me um, let me uh, speak to that. Right, I I agree first and foremost with basically almost everything Matthew said and almost everything. Zito said the, the one slight disagreement is I think Davis is an astute counterpuncher. Um, he, he just he does it very astutely to the body. Like I I, I think he counterpunches to the body better than some of uh, a lot of fighters I've seen. So that's the slight disagreement. But let me add context to what both of you guys are saying. Um, part of the context is is the fight with Mario Barrios. So that's a fight that has been proposed. Uh, I guess it's been signed. I, you know, I know it's bantied about. So that's a fight that looks, you know, appears to be on the horizon for Javante Davis. But to add context, Mario Barrios is the titleist at 140. He's a tall guy. So Javante Davis will be giving up range and, and yada, 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 all the things that Zito said. And um, just like Matthew said, he's an explosive fighter who – you know, like Zito said, uh, is capable of, of, of punching like a 140-pounder. He's not fighting the best guys at 140. He's not. Mario Barrios is not one of the best guys at 140. He's a, he's a contender at 140. Um, and, you know, Matthew referenced Javante Davis' last knockout, which was absolutely the most devastating knockout I saw last year in the year that uh, – that, that Dylan White got knocked out by Alexander Povetkin. That was a brutal knockout. But some context must be given. He was fighting a very, very, very good borderline, borderline Hall of Fame fighter coming up from 126, essentially, who had one fight at 130 and was instated as a number one contender for Javante Davis to fight. So even though he was fighting a great fighter, he was fighting a significantly smaller fighter. The other thing, too, is that fight was at 130. This fight against Mario Barrios is at 140. At 135, the, the, you know, where he also has the title, well, we have guys like like uh, Gavin Haney and, and Tiafimo Lopez and Vasily Lomachenko at 135 or 130. At 130, we have uh, Shakur Stevenson. So there, there, there's a lot of great competition around the way he fights at and had he fought at. Never fought at 140. 
So uh, that's why I said context must be given. I think everyone is correct in what, you know, Matthew and, and Zito were correct in their assessment. But kind of like Zito said, the book still needs to be written on Javante because he hasn't stepped in the ring with that elite level of competition um, to this point. He's, he's fought some good guys, but no one great his size yet. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, t- Ty, Ty, I just have a quick question because uh, I didn't. Uh, maybe there's some information I wasn't keen to. This fight, Javante's fighting at 140. Yes, sir. The fight against Mur, if if the fight is signed, that fight will be at 140. Yes, sir. Last fight so at 130. He's moving up this 10 fight well, for him, he's just losing. He, for him, he's losing 30 <laughs> left hands. So, <laughs> so, um, oh, but yeah, he's, losing yeah, he's, it, he's losing it until he fights somebody 10 pounds. Not well. I mean, that's different. That's different. So we know at, at 140, you have Regis Progray. You have all these different people. Regis Progray is with PBC. So is Javante Davis. So that fight could have oh, easily no. been made. But he's fighting, you know, Barrios. Again, it's brand building. But he still hasn't fought one of the elite guys as of yet, as of yet. So, that, you know, again, Fiafimo took his step up against, you know, yeah. um, against, uh, of course, Vasily Lomachenko. And, and in my opinion, the Ryan Garcia took more of a threatening fight with Luke Campbell than Tank Davis did with Jose uh, Santa Cruz, even though Santa Cruz is, yeah, you know, is, is bigger in stature and, you know, is much more accomplished. He's a smaller right guy who never. Who, who, he's a guy who came up from 118 and wasn't a big puncher there. So, you know, he, he just couldn't hurt Tank. So again, I'm still waiting for Tank to take that next step in competition, like some of the other guys have done. But I agree with everything both of you guys have stated. Hey Bob, we we talked off air about uh, Euros uh, medic and. Um, Alan Cruz, uh, you want to uh, talk about that at the stoppage? Uh, which one? I'm sorry, I kind of broke up there. Uh, uh, the Medik and uh, Cruz. It was a, a pretty gruel, uh, grueling fight uh, that oh, yeah, uh, Cormier week. was uh, was actually announcing. Yeah, last week, UFC, I mean, there was a big old knockout, knocked him down and then jumped on top and started pummeling him. Uh, almost, I mean, the guy looked dead, you know. I mean, that's the that's kind of the scary stuff when those big boys hit like that. Uh, and the ref had to jump in there and, and, and break it up. Is that, is that what you were talking about? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that, uh, that was some hard hit, heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, uh... All right, here we go. Ty, your, your buddy's back. Derek Chisura. Um, oh, I, love, I, love, I love me some Del Boy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> he and Joseph Parker, what do you think? So, you know, he like they actually had a phone call. They had a chat on the phone to uh, specifically try to set up a fight. Joseph Parker, to me, did not look great against Junior Fah. Junior Fah is an awkward guy. Um, you know, he's, he's tall, he's rangy, and he's, he's very awkward. And, you know, he, he's a he's a punch and grab guy. Um, but with that said, I didn't think I didn't think Joseph Parker looked good at all. Um, to the point where I think, to me, he, he looks like he's regressed a little bit. 
Um, he, he he's a guy who who can do a little bit of everything, but just doesn't always seem know to know when to do things. You know what I mean? Um, just one of those guys who just kind of can't consistently put it all together for 36 minutes. That's just kind of what I see with him. Um, Chisora is a guy who brings it, but you know, he, a lot of times he's outgunned in the talent department, and he would be with Joseph Parker. I would lean towards Parker um, because Parker is fresher, and he, he's he's a very tough and sturdy guy. That's one thing about Joseph Parker. He takes a shot. He's very tough and sturdy, and you know, he's more diverse in the in the ring than you know, more diverse and versatile in the ring than Derek Chisora. Um, so I would lean towards him, but it, it'd be a hell of a fight. I think it'd be a very entertaining fight. Um, and Joseph Parker doesn't always give you that, but he has guys that, you know, the Dylan White scrap was a, was a hell of a fight. Um, but I think, you know, I think Tesoro will be, you know, a step behind most of the fight. That's what I think. Okay. I hope it, I really you, hope they sign and make it happen. Okay. What do you think, Matthew? Well, I mean, Tesoro has 10 pro losses. That's a lot of pro losses for a heavyweight. He did look good, though, when he beat David Price by knockout in 2019. So I, I, I would give Chisora a puncher's chance. He might have a chance to win because he still has pretty good power. At the same time, Joseph Parker, he's 28 wins with two losses. He's never been knocked out or stopped in, in any of his professional matches. He's only lost decisions. So if I were to predict who would win, I just think Parker would probably beat Chizora on points. Chizora is probably probably a long shot, and I don't think he's necessarily an elite fighter anymore with his 10 pro losses. He's lost so many times. People like his personality, and he sells, and he's been around the sport for a long time. So I would give him an outside chance against anybody because he can still punch a little bit. But, of course, I think Parker should be able to outpoint Chizora pretty easily. Yeah, Parker came on the on the scene not too long ago, uh, and they seemed to uh, really be pushing uh, him at one point. But then all of a sudden, uh, his uh, uh, PR people or whatever it, it just seemed to drop out of the out of sight. What's your thoughts on that one, Matthew? Well, he started boxing as a professional in 2012. That, that was his pro debut. His professional debut was on. <coughs> July 5th, 2012 in New Zealand. He's from New Zealand. And he had a lot of early wins. He beat Brian Minto, Sherman Williams, and he also beat Callie Meehan. He was going really good. Of course, he beat Huey Fury, but he lost to he's lost to Anthony Joshua, and he's lost to Dylan White. So, he, you know, people don't a lot of people don't know that he is a former world champion, a former WBO heavyweight world championship. He won the vacant and he, he title. Beat Andy Ruiz. Andy yeah, Ruiz. Yeah, back in 2016. So he's a former world champion. He had defenses against Huey Fury, and he lost his title to Anthony Joshua. Uh, you know, I don't think because he's from New Zealand, a lot of people people just don't know who he is. You know, he doesn't have that mm-hmm. big of a fan base in America or Europe. He's not European. He's not African. And he's not American. So because he's from New Zealand. You know, nobody really knows who he is. It looks like he knows what he's doing. He knows how to box. He's never been knocked out or stopped. He's more probably, I think he's more of a, of a boxer than a puncher. He tries to score Agreed. points. He's not a huge, huge puncher. 
he's still a young man. He's still under the age of 30. So in the sport of boxing for the heavyweight division, he's, since he's under the age of 30, I mean, he could box for, for another 10 or 15 years. So he still yeah. has plenty of time to materialize. And I think Joseph Parker is going to be around the sport for a long time. Okay. See, what do you what do you think? You're our technical expert. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just coming back on. Uh, I heard yeah. Joseph Parker. Yeah, we're talking about Joseph. Parker. Okay. He's he's potentially fighting Derek Chisora. Right. right on the May first. Um, that's an interesting fight, and to be honest, I think all that's going to really tell me is what Derek Chisora has left. And to be honest, I don't think he has the ability to really beat Joseph Parker at this point. Derek Chisora is going to be chasing, in my estimation, in the way I see the fight going, Derek Chisora is going to be chasing Joseph Parker around the ring. Um, kind of swing. I mean, his dad is probably going to be the most effective uh, punch. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, that's just to get inside to where he's going to uh, not really find Parker. Swing wide. May catch him every now and again with shots that uh, Parker it, it, can, can absorb. The one thing to me that, that beats Parker is consistency. If you can consistently do something, and Parker has a problem. Well, if you can consistently keep Parker outside, he has a problem. If you can consistently go to Parker's body and and make him stop, you know, his you know slow his activity down, then he has a problem. I've seen that in Parker fights. Parker has a level of respect, a boxing respect that, mm-hmm. to where I don't want to say, you know, I don't want to demean any fighter, but sometimes it's a sport. Sometimes it's not. And Parker, okay. all the time, I mean, he's a tough guy. Physically, he's a tough, durable guy. But in the mind, it's a sport to him, to a point. And I say that because when you're dealing with heavyweights, these guys are hard. And right. you don't always want to get hit with that. So I, I appreciate Parker's skill, and I think his skill can defeat Chisora at the stage. Hey, Bob, uh, I got a question for you. Is that uh, Evan Jones and uh, Mario Batista? Um, you have anything on that on the on the you know, the prelim from two fifty nine? From two fifty nine? Yes. Yeah, I'm in the car. I can't I can't really look it up, but yeah, it was. Okay. Um, that, yeah, that's that's coming up tonight. So that yeah, would be a good uh, actually a good they, they were prelims and uh, uh Jones uh, um, took him uh, took Batista out with uh, an uppercut uh and uh, just absolutely flattened him. Um yeah, in the, in the I, I, first round. My wife my wife's friends are texting her about it. We haven't made it home yet, you know, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it was great. They're 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 all talking about it and I guess a couple of good great knockouts uh in the early prelims. So Yeah. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you about uh, uh, Benavides. Um, he's lost to uh, Figueroa. No, wait a minute. That's that's for Taiwan. Uh, the other Benavides that uh, is uh, a UFC fighter. Um, what's your thoughts on him? He he's got a skill. I mean, you know, he's been around for a while though, so it's really kind of uh, uh, depends. Um, again, he could be potentially on the chopping block as well. So, mm-hmm. but 
it, it really kind of depends on, on, on how his, his next couple of fights go. He's fighting Askar Askarov tonight, so that'll be interesting. I love yeah, well, his name, man. I'm going through yeah. every child. I'm, I'm cracking up. You guys are talking about areolas and shit. I, I'm dying over here. Wow. <laughs> it's not a boob. It's not a boob, Bob. We got we got it's not a boob. It's not a boob, Bob. It's not a boob, Bob. Only on this show. Uh, hopefully, not a, not a boob, not a boob, boob Bob. Not a boob in a fight. Please, not a boob in a fight. Hey, hey Bob, did you know that uh, Kahib is coming back in uh, to uh, the ring tonight? Um, so he's not coming in the ring. He's coming as a corner person for uh, um, Makovic. And that would be cool, you know. I mean, given that, um, showing up and helping him out and everything as well. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, Ty, uh, Joseph Benavita, um lost to uh, Figueroa. Was that ex- – did you expect that? Or was that an Absolutely. unexpected? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, it was, a, it, was, it was a rematch. And, uh, you know, Figueroa had – Hopped him before, heard him and mm-hmm. choked him out, and uh, or did he just knock him out the first time? But there was a headbutt. It was a devastating headbutt. So they re- they replayed it, and again Figueroa chucked him again. Um, he's a he's a tough dude, man. He's just, he's a flyweight champ for a reason. He's brought some excitement to the smaller class, and uh, yeah, I, you know I'm interested to see what Benavidez has left, and I don't think him. Getting blasted by Figueroa is an indictment on him at all. It's just what Figueroa is doing to people right now, except for his last fight with Brandon Moreno. And the reason, because Brandon Moreno is just insanely tough. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. He's skilled, but he's very, very tough. Knew that that was going to be a good fight going in because Moreno could take a shot. Uh, Benavidez is a tough kid, but uh, not not enough to withstand Figueroa. So. I don't think that's an indictment on him. I think tonight will be more an indictment if he loses where he's at in this sport at this time. Okay. Hey, Matthew, how about um, um, Anthony Durrell versus Caron uh, um, Davis? Um, it's coming up uh, in two weeks. Yeah, I'm not really that well versed on Anthony Durrell. I don't know that much about him. Okay. I don't really yeah, that fight I, actually I really that, yeah. that fight actually happened last week. Kyron Davis against Anthony Durrell. It was a majority decision draw. I watched the fight. That was a fair <laughs> enough decision. Could have gone either way. It was sad because Anthony Durrell is a mm-hmm. one-time former titleist, and he mm-hmm. struggled with a guy from Wilmington, Delaware, with no power. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Uh, who, who was coming up in weight? <laughs> so. You know, we talk about an indictment on a guy's career. That's where he's at right now. He struggled with a guy from freaking Wilmington, Delaware, with not much power, who was coming up from 168. So I don't – he doesn't want – you know, and the funny thing is, is talking about uh, Joseph Benavidez. Well, there's a Joseph Benavidez at 168 in boxing. And the kid's a monster. He just can't – and disciplined enough to keep his weight in check. But uh, they were talking about another... Uh, Zito, I don't know if you know this, but if he won, there was 
potential for him to get a rematch with Benavidez. And, and Benavidez eventually rubbed him out, right? But, um, no, he, he didn't look good at all. Uh, he just looked slow to pull the trigger, just wasn't reactive. Um, he tried to change his game plan, and, and I thought it was smart because from the outside, the boy was just a little too quick and reactive for him. I mean, that's what happens when you fight these young guys and you're getting a little longer yep. in the tooth. And so what he did is he adopted a high guard, started walking him down. Um, uh-huh. You know, the way Floyd, the way, I, you know, we joked about how Floyd carried Connor fast. He, but when he started doing that, yeah, he, he started doing that. And he just got out. He was getting outworked. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> it, it, you know, the difference was, is just that, you know, he had more power than the kid. Um, but uh, just, again, it's, it wasn't a tremendous performance. It looks like his championship days are kind of uh, yeah. past it now, unfortunately. So, mm-hmm. hey, I watched that fight. Yeah, uh, that's what happens. I mean, if you're talking about Darrell, um, you're talking about a guy who was at the the bottom of the top level to me. He was, I mean, he's a guy who who could beat champions just depending which champion. And when you get in, when you're getting to be a little older. Uh, and you're you want the special guy anyway, then you better be technically perfect, or you better be physically phenomenal, mm-hmm. or else the, 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 the age is going to catch up to you faster and worse. Mm-hmm. I, I like the, I love his skill. I love his skill, and I love the dog that he has. I mean, the mm-hmm. guy. I mean, he, he that guy. He's, he's a he's a pit bull. In the ring, I mean, I've seen him have to be a pit bull and respond accordingly. But mm-hmm. it comes a time to where I've seen guys like Benavides. I see like that was wasn't a good fight for him. Mm-hmm. And I don't think in any time in his career that would have been a good matchup. That's what I'm saying about him. So when you get down to it, he, I mean. You're all in boxing. You're going to be as good as you're going to be, depending on who's around. Mm-hmm. I mean, your, your window could be open from this time to that time. You could be mm-hmm. world class, and then mm-hmm. somebody you have a few other guys who you know. Right when you get a little older, they're more world class. Or you could just be a guy who's at the bottom of world class, at the bottom of the A list, the A minus. Mm-hmm. And you know that's how the career goes, and that's what I think about the rail. He he's an A minus guy who who has that dog in him, but that's just what it is. His brother, you I know, think, has wasted is, potential. Yeah, yeah. I'm you sorry. know, the funny thing is, is, is Anthony Durrell had to overcome cancer, right? And he was the you know the two brothers, Anthony and Andre Durrell. Anthony Durrell had all the intangibles, while Andre mm. Durrell had the elite skills, right? The elite talent, I should say, the elite physical gifts. Anthony Durrell didn't get those elite physical gifts. He got the intangibles that made him a very skilled, hard-nosed fighter. Uh, but that guy um, doesn't beat these young guys who are just as skilled, just as hard-nosed, but are much more reactive and quicker and fresher. And that's, that's just kind of what's going on. His brother was had elite-level skills. 
Um, but he, he didn't quite have that dog that Anthony had. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hi, right, Bob. We're back to you, Bob. Um, and uh, maybe your wife might want to even answer this one. Amanda Limos uh, dismantled uh, Lavinia uh, Socia um, uh, in 259 with the, the first round jab. And it was. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so so um, didn't see it. We were in the car, but her friends were texting, and yeah, so I think in the prelims there's like three knockouts already, and 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 uh, the Lima's just punished um, uh, where Renato Souza or whatever. Yeah, so just right. jabbed her out, finished uh, three thirty nine round one. Mm-hmm. A lot of yeah. first round fights happening tonight. Yeah, evidently. Uh... I, I can't say his last name. Kennedy Nijwalio uh, right. took down uh, Carlos uh, Olberg with a uh, brutal right hook in the uh, 34 minutes. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, a minute 34 in uh, in the first round. Yeah, yeah, it, it uh, yeah, um, and Tim Elliott got the decision. Yeah, so there's, there's a lot of stuff going. I mean, they're on the preliminary card now, and Benavides is up, I think, next. Or who we were talking about. So, um, again, so we'll have to see that. And then, um, yeah, and then the last fight was a, a first-rounder finish with a KO or PKO at, at 4.55 of the first round. So that was right up against the wire. Yeah. Hey, hey uh, Ty, uh, Clarissa Shields last week uh, had a 10-round decision uh, over uh, Maria DK. Do you have any idea, uh, anything on that one? Yeah, I, that was last night. I watched the fight. Um, she dominated her. She, I mean, she won from bell to bell. Um, and uh, what made that fight significant was she becomes the first person in history to be uh, an undisputed four-belt champion in two divisions. So uh, congratulations to her. Um, she's having a hard time finding finding girls that can compete with her right now. She had that one loss in the amateurs against Savannah Marshall, uh, but I think she just kind of caught a young career at the right time. Um, I just don't know if she has any peers in boxing, which is maybe why she's uh, signed up with the Professional Fighters League to, to try her hand in MMA. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. But, yeah, she – Again, first person in history to uh, to unify two divisions. And so, well, actually, to be the unified champion, the undisputed champion of two divisions, four belt undisputed champion of two divisions. So, Matt, Matt, I have a question. How often is it do you hear um, you reach the peak of success in boxing to a, to an extent, and you are moving to MMA to get finances? That's happening. Yeah, yeah you know, there, there's probably for, for women there may be more money in MMA at this point, right? I, so, and that um, that's my point. That's my point. Yeah, all the all the MMA fighters are, you know, they're reaching at, you know, calling boxers out. You know, you have Ben Aspen fighting uh, uh, to me a novice in boxing and you are I mean that's generating more money than a seasoned boxer fighting you know a seasoned boxer 
don't know. I, I mean, yeah, you got MMA fighters MMA going black guys want to fight. MMA, MMA, MMA male fighters want to fight boxers because boxers, male boxers at the upper food chain make significantly more money than MMA fighters for the most part. Um, But in the female game, there's probably more money in MMA than there is boxing. So you you have Marissa Shields, the top, the top female boxer right now. Who's the last American to win a gold medal in boxing? Was it Clarissa Shields? Yeah, she was the last American boxer, yeah. male, female, to win a gold medal. Yeah. Andre Ward before her was the last ma- was the last male, if I'm correct. I, I, I got was the last male, probably person, if, if you're correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and so we're going from that to. She needs to go to MM and as I mean, people yeah. can't make money in their own corrective sport. Mm-hmm. I get off that topic. I'm sorry for jumping on the soapbox. <laughs> can, I, can I just change my gender and go to women's MMA then? So can I get? <laughs> can I just? You know, I can't be besides anymore. You know, Bill, actually, you, you, actually, Bill, you, you can. Um, yeah. Call me Boogie Bill Jabran. I, I, I mean, Dr. Ariola right there. Yeah, you guys, an MMA fan, you know the story of Fallon Fox, so it can happen. God, that's great. Just the money. That's right. We're right at the end of our hour, and, uh, um, Bob, thanks a million for uh, uh, coming on tonight because I know it was a, a rush to get you out off the boat and into the truck and uh, you know, to try to get home. Uh, Ty, home. it's always a pleasure. Uh, you guys, are, you and Zito are always uh, so well-versed in everything, and uh, we really uh, appreciate that. Matthew, thank you for coming on. Uh, it was a pleasure to have you on tonight and talk to you, and uh, hope you come back uh, and visit with us again. Uh, do you want to lead us out? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Matthew, I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to talk to you a little more. I want to thank you, Matthew. I want to thank Bob. I want to thank Ty. I want to thank Butch. I want to thank all of my Fighting Words family. These shows are definitely a memory of Bob, Coach Mellon, Dr. Chris. Every, anyone wants to hear any Fighting Words, please do call. Sorry. Hey, it was a great show as usual, and always a pleasure talking to all you gentlemen. Uh, you, Butch, Zito, of course. Bob, you're my guy. Uh, Matthew, it was such a great opportunity to talk to you and have you on. It's like having a, a knowledgeable statistician on as well. So it was great to have you on, and I do hope you come back. Um, obviously, Bob is our co-pilot. Coach Mel is watching over us, and Dr. Chris keeps us laughing. Everyone, please enjoy their weekend and be safe. Okay, Bob. Hey, guys, always a pleasure. I love when the crew's together. Matthew, nice to meet you. Uh, I'll come back. Fight fans, God bless, and have a great week. Let's watch some fights. You're yours. Ladies and gentlemen, these programs are brought to you each and every night of the week. In grateful appreciation to the men and women of the United States Armed Forces and the men and women police and fire services and the men and women on first line in the defense against COVID. 
these programs are also get it, dedicated to those who lives, lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman David Curtis, Patrolman Jeffrey Colcap, Sergeant Thomas Batinger, Patrolman Jeffrey Yazwitz, Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Childers, San Diego Officer Mike, <clears throat> Mike uh, Endler, uh, Lieutenant Mike Zerba, Newcastle County Police, Patrolman Onofo Crispin, Lakeland PD, uh, Chief Al Hogle, Longwood County Police Department, Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department, Highway Patrolman Alonzo Moses, Philadelphia Highway Patrol, Highway Patrolman Brian Lazaro, Philadelphia Highway Patrol, Highway Patrolman Brian Murphy, Plymouth Township, PA Highway Patrol, Lieutenant Bob Neary, Philadelphia Fire Department, Sergeant Mike Wilson, Charlotte County Sheriff's Office, Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department, Deputy Chief Mike, uh, I'm sorry, Deputy Jonathan Scott Pine, Orange County Sheriff's Department, uh, Patrolman Robert Germain, Windermere, Florida Police Department, Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol, Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department, Patrolman Charlie Condit, Tarpon Springs Police Department, Hillsborough County Deputy Sheriff Charlie Cotlop, Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department, uh, Sergeant Rodney Bond, uh, Delaware State Police, Lieutenant Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Jerry Ficus, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Arthur Hope, Wilmington Fire Department, FPLE Special Inspector Vinny Galaccio, Delaware State Trooper Corporal Stephen Boward, uh, Sergeant, I'm sorry, Kissimmee Patrol Officer Matt Baxter, Kissimmee Sergeant Sam Howard, Lieutenant, um, I'm sorry, Captain Matt Letourneau, Philadelphia Fire Department, Deputy Bill Gentry, Highland County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Clay Zerba, Clay County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Natalie Corona, L.A. County Sheriff's Office, Deputy April Rodriguez, Pasco County Sheriff's Department, Officer Bob McKetchen, Bullock, Kentucky Police Department, Trooper Joe Bullock, Florida Highway Patrol, Sergeant Brian LeBake, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department, and Deputy Mike Malik, Pasco, uh, Pinellas County Sheriff's Department. My brothers and sisters, you may be 10-7 at this point in time, and sometime will be 10-10 at the table of the Lord. Until that time, may the roads rise up to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall softly on your fields, and the sun shine lightly on your face. Until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your families always in the palm of his hands. Good night, God bless, and have a great week. Break the bread.